welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. So I preached a few weeks ago and um, I didn't have time to finish my message, so I'm finishing it today. For those that didn't hear my message from a few weeks ago, it's on all of our social media, the link's on social media, so jump in there and um, watch the first half, but this is the second half of the message. Our theme for Echo Church this year is Sent Ones. So last year's theme was Others, the year before's theme was Together, this year's theme is Sent Ones, and um, so I started to unpack that a couple of weeks ago last week, our course team or eldership um, shared a bit on that. And the theme of Sent Ones is massive. Let's be honest. It's not a five-minute conversation. There is so much to it, so much detail, so much info, so many different um, aspects of it. So we're not going to hit everything today again. This is going to be a year-long journey. So you're on for the ride? Excited about the ride? Awesome. So my passage that I spoke about a couple of weeks ago was Luke. No, it wasn't. It was John chapter 4. And um, my final point from that passage, I'm going to just take off from the one before. Point number six was, um, can I just sidetrack for one second? I've grown up in church. I'm a pastor's daughter. And every time my dad preached a message that took several weeks. The first half of the following, hi dad, I know you're watching. The first half of the message was the recap. And I used to sit there going, but I heard it last week, dad, you don't need to recap. And um, he did it for the people that missed last week. And because my nature is, well, you should have just not missed it. I'm not recapping. So... (laughs) Because everyone that did hear it are just going to sit here going, yeah, Lee, we heard you say that two weeks ago. So listen to it on social media, all right? No recap. Here we go. That's just Lee's stake in the ground. All right, so point six. I will go point six, though. Point six from that John message was look up. The harvest is coming. Open your eyes and see. Open your eyes. It's taken from the story of the woman at the well. And she went back, Jesus told her, you know, this is what's going on in your life. She went, oh my goodness, Jesus said I am who, who the prophet said I was. She went back into town, told everyone that it happened. And then as a result of that, that testimony, as a result of her testimony, the whole town got excited and they started to walk to meet Jesus. And as they're walking, the disciples are now with Jesus. They went off, now they're with Him. And Jesus says to His disciples, open your eyes and see. Open your eyes and see. And there's all these people coming and Jesus is saying, for the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. Open your eyes and see. There's three times in the Gospels that this passage is spoken about. I'm going to open up the following two today. This was the first one. It was the biggest. But he's there saying, open your eyes and see. And his point six was open our eyes. So much seed has been sown. So many people have shared their testimony, have prayed for people, encouraged people, prophesied over people, and salvation hasn't happened yet. And Jesus is saying, open our eyes and see, for the harvest is ready. We just need to open our eyes. And um, that was point number six, which leads to point number seven, my last one was, and I'm going to read this passage here. Thanks, Pablo. Luke 4, 39. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. 
He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed with them two days. And because of his words, many more believed. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. We've now heard from ourselves. And now we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. Point number seven, many were saved. Many were saved. When we share our testimony, some will instantly believe. Like the woman at the well, she shared and many believed. But then they went and saw Jesus and they heard Jesus share and it said many more were saved or believed, sorry. Here's what I wanna say to you. Sometimes our testimony, when we speak the word, when we speak truth, many believe. But sometimes we need to then go a step further and take them to encounter and hear Jesus for themselves. Is we don't stop at our story. We don't stop at the testimony. We don't stop at just sharing the gospel. We then need to grab them and go, now let me introduce you to who Jesus is. And as a result of people hearing Jesus, they were then saved, many more. Let's be Christians who know we're sent, who open our eyes, who see what's on the horizon, share what we've been given. Penny last week spoke about we are witnesses. What does a witness do? We testify to what we have seen and experienced. We are witnesses. So let's be a loud witness, not rude, not pushy, not... um, not reading situations, but loud as in confident, as in knowing what we have to say is powerful and we let it out. As well as then not just ending there, but taking them on a journey of meeting Holy Spirit and allowing Holy Spirit to speak. I remember when we were studying at Bethel, we went on a missions trip and um, Gail was one of the leaders with Ahab on that missions trip and and she did some um, prayer ministry with a lady. And this lady's hearing Holy Spirit, brand new Christian, just encountered Jesus for the first time and, and she's hearing Holy Spirit and Gail's asking her questions and she's hearing everything. And then she said, "Um, I do Ouija boards. And Gail said, you need to stop that. And the lady then all of a sudden went from hearing Holy Spirit to shutting down of don't tell me what to do. And Gail at that moment realised, hang on a minute, why wouldn't I have just said, hey, ask Holy Spirit, ask God what He thinks about that. People, God speaks. (laughs) Christians, God speaks not just to us. He speaks. So we get to tell people the gospel, tell people what we've witnessed, what we've experienced, and then we get to take them on a journey so they get to hear Him for themselves. So then the second passage I wanna highlight from the harvest is plentiful because that's where the framework of this sermon came from, that passage, is Matthew 9, 35 to 38, and I'm going to read that. Here we go. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, 
proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out work into, sorry, to send out workers into the harvest field. Jesus called the 12, I'm reading on, sorry, I don't know if we've got this in the um, screen. Jesus called the 12 disciples, he gave them the authority to drive out evil spirits, to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12, I'm going to bypass that, then verse 3. Um, the 12 were sent out with the following instructions, do not go among the Gentiles or enter into the town where the of the Samaritans, rather go to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, so freely give. Second time, I want to highlight for the harvest is few. Here Jesus says what he's done. <laughs> this is what my life involves. This is what my life looks like. I preach, I go to the synagogues, I preach. I heal every disease and sickness. I proclaim the good news. I cast out demons. This is what my life looks like. I love how Jesus gives us a picture. We talk about what would Jesus do? Jesus gives us a picture of what his life looked like. He says it, here's what my life looks like. Here's how I live my life. And he not only says, here's what my life looks like, he also then says the people that he encounters, what their life looks like. So here's what my life involves. Here's how I live my life. Here's what my day looks like. And here's how I see people at this point in time, sheep without a shepherd. My heart breaks because what I'm seeing is sheep without a shepherd. The definition of sheep without a shepherd, check this out. I mean, it, you can all just sit there and picture it yourself, but sheep cannot live without the shepherd. They are entirely dependent on the shepherd for everything. This isn't the Bible meaning I went dictionary like. This is, farmers know this. I'm not a farmer, so I had to look it up. They're completely dependent on everything. They require constant care and watch over them. So leaving them unattended can put them at risk and greatly danger their lives. So Jesus is saying, this is how I live my life. This is what my day-to-day -day life looks like. And when I see people who don't know me, this is what their life looks like. Lost, hopeless, hungry, scared, fearful. And my heart breaks because this is what I'm observing and this is what I'm seeing. And I can't speak to everyone and I can't minister to everyone. So you know what Jesus does? Tag disciples, you're it. I'm calling you 12. For the harvest is plentiful and I'm calling you 12 to go out and do the very thing that I described that my life looks like. The very thing that my life is now you go and do. Because these sheep need a shepherd. And the only way they're going to know that is if we tell them and show them. Their life is hopeless without a shepherd. It's lost. It's not full of hope without the shepherd. So disciples, you go. You go and do the work. And as a team, we're all going to share the good news. We're all going to share it. I love that Jesus says in here, 
It might be another point, but who cares? I'll say it again because it's an important one. How Jesus says, For the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers. So Jesus is there. It is another point later on, and I'm going to repeat myself. Jesus says to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful. See all these lives, see all these sheep, see all these people. They are ready to hear the good news. They are ready to be here, the witness. They are ready to hear what I bring. So let's pray for workers to do this. Let's pray for workers on this journey. And then he says to the disciples, and you're the answer to the prayer. Okay, that's Lee's paraphrased version. But he then sends them to do the work. He asks them to pray and then he sends them. What's my point? Often we can pray and God's saying go. How many times do I sit at home praying for people? God, I pray for Albert. I just declare health over his body, healing over his body. How many times do I do that? Albert, I actually do it every week, so you're aware. (laughs) But instead of praying for Albert, how about I go and lay hands on him and declare it in person? Because God said, go. Heal every disease and sickness, cast out demons, raise the dead. We're going to pray for Sebastian today. She's been heavy on my heart all week. And I'm waiting for the go for hospital reasons. Justin and I haven't been able to make it, so we've FaceTimed prayer over her. But the moment I can see her and lay my hands on her because that was the instruction I was given, I'm doing it. So Jesus takes it from tag your it. We're praying for that. Ask God who to send and tag it's you. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. It's not hard. It is tag I'm it. Disciples, here's what I did. They're the lost sheep. Go and do the work. Don't stay at home praying for them. Don't tell someone else to do it. It's you. The harvest is plentiful. It's you. Luke is the other time in the scriptures that this verse is referenced. Mark, who knows what Mark's doing? But Luke... (laughs) Is on the same page. Luke 10, 1 to 12. I started with John and then Matthew and then Luke for reasons that I probably don't have time to share. John, when he talked about it, the revelation I got from that was bursting out of my heart and I had to start there. And likewise, I need to finish in Luke because there's things that each of the Gospels share that's different and unique to all the others. And they're all powerful and that's why when we read the Bible, we need to read the whole Bible because there's different accounts that each of them have and it's still truth. So let's read Luke with the contents of sent ones, the harvest is ripe. Luke 10, 1 to 12. 
After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you. But like lambs among wolves, do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If the head of the house loves peace, your peace will rest on the house. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the workers deserve their wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town, you are welcomed. Eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and you are not welcome, go into the streets and say, even the dust of this town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it is more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. For the harvest is ready. Just before this passage, the first words of the verse were after this, telling me what does it say beforehand. And it's where Jesus, I don't want to read it, it's where people come up to Jesus like, God, I'm, Jesus, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, you know, come follow me. And they say, I've got to bury my, my dead mum or dad. How embarrassing. My dead parent. <laughs> and Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. And three times people came up to him and three times Jesus said something and then they didn't follow him. My first point is, let's not be people full of excuses. Jesus isn't heartless and he wasn't saying, let the dead bury the dead to say, screw you, they're not important, follow me. He was seeing where their heart was at. So yes, we, dare, we bury the dead. We have funerals, like this is what we do. We mourn and we celebrate life. But here Jesus is seeing what the excuse is. Let's not be people that come up with a list of excuses on why we can't go, why we can't pray, why we can't prophesy, why we can't be a witness, why we can't tell people the good news. Get rid of our excuses. Maybe it's fear-based. Maybe it's history-based. Maybe it's lack of self-confidence-based. It could be a variety of things, but let's be aware, okay, this has been an excuse for me in the past and this year, 2022, is a year of no excuses. I want to be in the 72. I don't want to be the one that Jesus then turns around and goes, I can't use you. I want to be one that He chooses to use because I'm saying yes to Him. I'm putting my hand up to say, tag, I'm running. I'm on your team and I'm doing this. No excuses. Every night I declare over my kids. We pray every night and Jude's prayer is the same every night and he, he created it himself. And you've heard me say this, it used to just be, dear Jesus, I pray for mummy. I pray for fire, passion and confidence. He came up with that himself. Now he has added to that presence and oh, I've forgotten the other one. No, no, presence and miracles, presence and miracles. He just added that. And often he'll pray, dear mum, I pray for, amen, no, and I pray for, and adds two more, amen. 
But every night I pray for the kids and I'm different every night, but I always have a few key elements in there that I do every night. And I always pray for miracles, for salvation and for boldness every night over them. I want their lives to be full of miracles, that miracles is normal for their everyday life, that they're bold, that they're not full of fear or insecurities or embarrassment, but they're bold. Bella on Friday had her first chapel session at school. She goes, Mum, I had chapel and we sang a song. I like, what song? She goes, oh, we sing it at church. Don't know what it's called. I'm like, oh, that's my daughter. I don't know what any of the names of songs are called. I know the song, just not what it's called. She goes, I closed my eyes, Mum. I'm like, why'd you close your eyes, Bella? She goes, to worship God, Mum. <laughs> and I thought I'd be sneaky. I said, who else closed their eyes? I thought I'd catch her. Who else... Mum, I don't know. My eyes were closed. <laughs> All right, she was really. I'm doubting my own daughter. Boldness, miracles, salvation. Say hello to them, Lorraine. No, don't. You're fine. I love it. So let's be people without an excuse. Oh. Do you know what? I might be finishing this sermon another week. (laughs) Verse number one. Verse number one. Jesus sent the 72 out two by two in pairs. Don't do it alone. Hang on a minute. Don't do it alone. Life should never be alone. Hang on. Don't do it alone. The Bible speaks so passionately about this. When you stumble and fall and you're by yourself, no one's there to help you up. Don't do Christianity by yourself. And then I'm going to take it a step further. Don't have your partner, Ian's my buddy here, and I don't tell him anything. It's the same Exactly the same. I may as well be by myself if I go, Ian's my partner, but I don't talk to Ian about anything. There's reason why Jesus sent them out in twos. It's a great idea. When Jesus does something, we should be doing the same. Why? Because it's a great idea. I'm going to just push through these. I don't want to do this sermon again. Don't do it alone. (laughs) Number three, I touched on in verse two to three. For the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Go, I'm sending you. Ask God who to send and it's you. It's you. It's you. Oh, but I don't know what to say. That's okay. It's still you. Oh, but I'm a bit embarrassed. Yeah, It's still you. So let's drop the excuses. Forget the excuses. Tag your it. It's you. Your family, it's you. Your workplace, it's you. Your friends, it's you. The person down the street, it's still you. Imagine if Jesus on the earth, (laughs) imagine if he went, yep, harvest is here. It's plentiful. It's ripe. It's ready. 
Eh, I don't feel like it today. Seriously. Imagine. Jesus knew the power of the gospel. In perfect relationship with God. And every day went out. Every day. Went and shared. Healed the sick. Raised the dead. Cast out demons. Cleansed the lepers. Tell the good news. Every day. It's you. Number four. Oh, I love this point. In verse three. Where is it? Go, I'm sending you like lambs among wolves. Aren't you feeling encouraged right now? <laughs> like, yeah. <gasps> Do you know what struck me with this? And later on in Matthew, the passage I read, later on it says the same. Lambs. Is that in Matthew it talks about people who don't know Jesus, a sheep without a shepherd. And then in Luke, it talks about we as Christians, lambs, what was it? Lambs, I'll get the right wording, sorry. What is it? Lambs among wolves. I mean, it's fascinating both references are about sheep, lambs, same animal. And there's no coincidences in the Bible. There's no mistakes in the Bible. So it got me thinking, okay, you're talking about sheep there and you're talking about lambs there. There's got to be some connection. Now, I'm not a scholar, I'm not a theologian, I'm just Lee. And this is my two cents. And I want to encourage you, go get your two cents. Is that Jesus is talking about the people that he sees without hope, like sheep without a shepherd, they're lost. His heart breaks for them. And then he talks about us as lambs. And the main difference between these two references of the same animal is that the first one don't know Jesus. The second one does. So even though he's saying we are a lamb among wolves, he sent us. So you could go a lamb is hopeless and helpless with a wolf in front of it. No chance. A lamb has no chance with a wolf right there, except the fact that Jesus said, go, I'm sending you. We have every chance. Not only we have every chance, we win the battle. We win. Sheep without a shepherd are lost. They need to hear about the shepherd. But lamb among a wolf, when Jesus says, Go, I'm sending you like a lamb among wolves. What reassurance is it that we have when Jesus says, I am sending you? Because the victory is already won. And we get to go knowing that. We get to go knowing, Jeepers, this is a scary place. I'm a bit fearful, but Jesus sent me. So I win the battle. The victory is mine. Because Jesus sent me. Next point I want to raise is peace in verse 5. I've only got two more after this, just in case you're wondering. When you enter a house, first say peace to this home. When I've shared 
my story, shared the gospel, prayed for the sick. Not once have I started with peace. You might judge me right now. Sorry, not perfect. Reading this made me question, hang on a minute. Jesus said the first thing to do when I'm sending you, go and start with peace. Again, Jesus said it, great idea. What does he mean by that? When you enter a house, release peace first. And I was been meditating on this. I hope you're getting some good little challenges here. People without Jesus, their mind is a battlefield. Hopeless, turmoil, distracted, everything's going on up here, everything. And when your brain is going a million miles an hour with no hope, I wrote some words, yeah, turmoil, not clear thinking, (laughs) distracted. When your brain's going like this, it's really hard to hear the good news. Even me. When my brain is going and someone tries talking to me, it's really hard for me to concentrate or listen or remember what you've even said because my brain is all over the place. But yet Jesus says the first thing to do is release peace. Why? So that the next thing you say, they can hear what you're saying. Peace is in the mind. Therefore, gospel can be shared. Witness can be shared. Healing can be received. Why? Because all the distractions are gone and now I can listen. Peace is a word in the Bible that is underrated and Justin has spoken many times on it. It is powerful. And I want to challenge us this year, 2022, before we do something, maybe don't walk up to a stranger and say, peace, and then share your witness (laughs) or offer to pray for them. But in your mind, under your breath, Declare peace over their life so they can receive what you're giving them. So they can receive what you're saying. So they can hear what this encounter is all about. Because as peace is spoken and released, encounter can happen. It's pretty hard to hear Holy Spirit when we can't settle our own minds. Now God's always speaking, always. Sometimes we don't hear, why? Because of our own heads. Peace. Who would have thought? Not once have I thought to bring peace into a situation. Going forward is the first thing I'm doing. Peace. (laughs) Verse 8. When you enter a town, you are welcomed. Eat and stay. When you enter a town and you are welcomed, keep going. I've got to be honest. I'm a bit guilty of this. Sometimes I share a testimony or I pray for someone. I'm really guilty of this. And I'll pray for them. Let's just say it's a random down the street, a neighbour, and I'll pray for them. They might go, pain's gone, great testimony, and then I walk away and leave it as that. And in my heart I'm like, yeah, but I didn't tell them the good news. They had an encounter and maybe then that person becomes someone who's ready for the harvest. But at that point in time that they said yes to prayer, there's a welcoming. Let's not stop when you're welcomed to share. Let's not, 
hold back. I'm not saying let's be forceful. Don't be forceful. But don't hold back when there's an invitation, when there's a door welcome. Don't walk away when someone's ready because the harvest is ready. So let's finish the story. And the last thing I want to share. Are you in here, Michi? Thank you. The last thing I want to share was verse 11. I need to get a bigger font in my Bible when I speak. Even the dust of the town we wipe from our feet. So when someone's welcomed and ready and welcoming you, share. When someone's not ready, wipe the dust off your feet. In other words, pick yourself up and keep going. Just because someone didn't want to hear doesn't mean now, eh, tried it, not doing that again. Guilty. Because in my head, everyone should love me and love what I say. (laughs) Why wouldn't you? Pick yourself up and try again. Dust yourself off and keep sharing. Don't let a bad experience stop you from seeing the harvest, of opening your eyes and seeing the harvest and sharing the witness and the testimony, raising the dead, healing the sick, cleansing the leper, sharing the good news. My prayer for us as a church, my prayer for us as a church is that we won't have excuses, is that we won't keep the best news ever to ourselves and hide it. My prayer is... (laughs) We're going to be proud Christians who know what our God did, who knows what our God's doing and is a witness for his kingdom, not holding back. And I'm speaking to myself here. I've gone through seasons where I don't shut up and I've gone through seasons where I'm just about ticking the list that's in front of me off. We had a neighbour come over. I've got a side business. And one of my neighbours bought one of my boxes from me the other day on Friday. And she walked in. Um, I let I just... <laughs> my front door was unlocked and there was a knock on the door and I just yelled, come in. Maybe not the safest, but anyway. <laughs> come in. So she let herself in because I said, come in. And um, she's never been to my house before. I say hi to her. We live on a lake and she walks out the front and I say hi to her all the time. And um, every morning... She gives me lemons for making my lemon curds. Anyway, it's the first time she's actually been in my house. And for those that haven't seen, my house is like 30 metres of glass. Just, and we have no curtains. So everyone can see my entire inside. And that doesn't bother me, strangely enough. <laughs> I like being private, but, you know, let the whole world see. <laughs> So she knows what my house looks like from this angle, never from the other angle. She walks in, she's, wow, look at all the glass. Like, you've seen it. I give her the box and we're talking. 
She goes, Lee, I've heard a rumour. Now, when someone says that, my heart just drops. I'm like, yeah, scared about what's going to come next. Yeah. She goes, is Justin a minister? (laughs) And right there, it's like that weight comes off your shoulder. Oh, okay. That's a (laughs) rumour. I said, yeah, he is, Sue. She goes, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, whew. <laughs> We're doing the right thing here. Imagine if she had gone, oh, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> Instead, that makes a lot of sense. And I was able to share with her. Tara's speaking today. She came around yesterday just to tell me how much they all loved my box. Again, come in. Um, Our life should look like a never-ending open door in front of us. So just that one statement now, every time I see Sue, I get to encourage her. Next time she says, I'm not feeling well, I will pray for her. I have an open door now. Why? Because that makes sense. Our life has spoken before we've even spoken. I can't wait for every one of our neighbours to say the same. Oh, that makes sense. Now I've got an open door. I didn't even have to try. That's why Jesus is saying the harvest is plentiful. I don't ever have to try. Why? Because your life should look like an open door. Ha! Ha! Let's all stand. Hey, Mitch, can we get a little box made up for me down here so when people stand, I can step on it? Yeah. Who's ready to go out? Who's saying yes to no more excuses? Who's saying yes to I'm being a witness? Yeah. Who's saying yes to I'm finding a buddy? I'm not doing it alone. Who's actually in here, and I'll say this is a bit of me, that needs to just pick themselves up, dust themselves off. You've had a couple of bad experiences. You need to wipe yourself off and go, okay, let's go declare peace to the next house, to the next life, to the next person and see if that's an open door. Here's what I want to end with. In Luke, no, in John, the last part of John. Actually, I'm just going to read it. Oh, man. Actually, Pablo, can you go to the last part of John? Are you still there? The last slide, it'll be the last, it's the very last verse in John. We got it? Yeah. Uh, Okay, here, here's what I want to end with. When the woman went back and shared her story, many were saved. Then when they came and heard Jesus for themselves, they no longer believed the women. Oh, that's all good, yeah. Many more became believers. 
I want to highlight this. Jesus is saying the harvest is plentiful. Many were saved, many more were saved. Not everyone was saved. So when you encounter someone who's not ready, that's okay. Even Jesus (laughs) didn't get 100% of people across the line. Mm, I don't like that saying. Not 100% of people were ready to hear what Jesus had to say. So when we dust ourselves off, it's not a woe is me because even Jesus had to dust himself off, get back up and keep going. That's a bit of Lee poet, poetic license there, not biblical truth. So here's what I want to say. Many were saved, many more were saved, not everyone was saved. So let's keep going because the right time, we don't know when that is. So you might go, I tried my family member, I tried my work friend, I tried this and it didn't work. That's okay. Pick yourself up, see if peace is there and if not, wait longer. It's not a closed door forever and not everyone will say yes straight away. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, I'm going to pray. We're going to end. Jesus. God, I thank you so much that you are here. That you said, tag your writ. Even though that can be hard sometimes and daunting and scary. But we're saying, yes, no more excuses. No more doing it alone. No more fear. But this year, We're saying, yes, you have chosen us. You have called us to be the answer to the labourers. You are sending us, God. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you're going to remind us to release peace when we first interact. To dust ourselves off when things don't go as we hoped. And to find people we can do this with. Because you told us a great idea is to be with people. So we thank you, God, for what you're doing in Echo Church this year. In our lives this year. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How amazing is our God? Seriously. I want to encourage you. (laughs) Read your Bible Bible with eyes opened. Don't read to tick a box. Read to get understanding. Read to, to, to find out what are you going to share with me today. And if you need to, every morning, declare of yourself salvations, miracles, boldness. You can't go wrong with that declaration. Is that all right, church? I'm just going to ask the ministry team to come up. If you need prayer this morning, come on up. Um, get the team to pray with you. Maybe you're struggling to dust yourself off. Maybe say, hey, can you just pray with me? I'm struggling in fear or whatever it may look like. Cafe is open. Grab yourself a cuppa. Next Sunday, we're going to be focusing on our small groups. We're going to have a time of prayer and worship. So come along next Sunday. Follow them by Pete McHugh, Mike Smith. We've got a great few weeks coming up. So we'll see you next Sunday, church.
Yes, thank you. We're just going to pray for Sebastian as well, if that's all right. Thanks, David. Is that all right? Yeah, we just need a miracle to continue in her body. And she's watching. She messages me most Sundays. So Jesus, we thank you so much for for Sebastian. God, we just declare heaven on earth in that body right now in Jesus' name. We declare your complete healing over her body, God. Nothing missing, God. You declare we're going to go better than before, Jesus, from strength to strength. So we declare a healthier body, a healthier functioning mind and body in Jesus' Name, God. We pray for Praveen and the boys, Jesus, for your comfort, your support, your strength, God, for great sleep and rest at nighttime, Jesus, God. May they experience your presence in their house, God. Jesus, when there's time of mourning, God, we thank You for comfort, Holy Spirit. Jesus, we just declare that this season is a time that they're going to grow in their faith and their foundation in You, Jesus. That this family is going to, um, as it has been, will continue to be a testimony of Your goodness. In Jesus' Name, Amen.